Get ready to break some mental health stigma today. I am reconnecting with Angela Sullivan, who has dedicated her life, it seems, to making a difference, especially with the younger age groups. I've read all about what she's doing, and I can't wait to share a preview here on a Mental Health Break, the podcast that normalizes the conversation on mental health. Right now, she serves in the role of Director of Special Projects for Recovery International. She helps develop programs that are extensions of successful 85-year RI method. She has been with nonprofits for over 25 years and has facilitated educational programs from all ages, from pre-K to retired adults. She develops curriculum, training materials, and does marketing for Recovery International. So everyone tuning in today, get ready to learn tangible steps, things you can do right now to improve your mindset. She also oversees training initiatives there for peer leaders and leads new strategies initiatives. She joined this company because of its simplicity and helping people deal with everyday annoyances. And I know this can relate to everyone listening on. Today, we're going to learn valuable life skills in coping with these daily life's annoyances. This method was most helpful to her as a caregiver to her mother with Alzheimer's disease and with two teenagers of her own. She became passionate about early intervention and mental wellness. So we're going to be talking about a lot of areas today. She even became a youth mental health first aider through the National Council for Behavioral Health. And I love your passion here that you're really trying to just give back through your story, through your experiences. Angela, it's great to see you again. Great to see you too, Vincent. Thanks so much. Thanks for inviting me to do this segment. That's really um, a wonderful step for our organization to be able to share information to help teens and young adults today. Well, as I tell people, we all went through COVID. We all had challenges through this, but our children, the students in our lives, they lost all sense of normality. They only had a few assignments to hang out with their friends, go to school, maybe play a sport, and then everything got stripped. So we have to think of the ramifications that has on them. And like I said, you personally, you with your career, your job, you found ways to help people improve. I'd love to start there with this mental health journey. Well, great. Thank you. Um, you know, you you have an amazing story as well. And uh, I know you're really quite an inspiration to people who've had similar challenges. So I hope our listeners find what I have to say is helpful uh, as they seek better mental health. So yeah, my recovery journey, I did join Recovery International two and a half years ago, and I joined the organization to help develop this teen, teen young adult program, and it's called Power Your Mind, Tools to Build Resilience. Um, the recovery method itself focuses on using uh, cognitive behavioral tools, probably a lot of your listeners are familiar with that, um, to find relief of symptoms we experience. And what's unique about Recovery International's program is that we focus on this niche of trivial situations, okay? So average, common, daily things that really can get people worked up. Uh, so Vince, I'm going to pause here for a moment. And can you think of an average common situation that worked you up recently? Maybe um, it was a person you encountered, a place you went to, a situation you were in. Can you think of something for me? Hmm. I try. I, I love how I saw this too. I thought about this, what I was going to respond. I think something that every day that would bother me, I guess, would be, and it may sound silly, I go to the post office and the person's not ready at the counter. They go there with blank everything and then they just hold up this line. You try to think of just being kind to others and respecting their time, but then, then you sit there for an extra 10 minutes. <laughs> 
That's a wonderful example. Um, little things like that can really get us worked up, you know, being stuck in a traffic jam, running late for an appointment, getting the wrong order in the drive through window, right? They're little things. Um, seeing posts on social media, especially for the teen audience that we're talking about today can be a, a trigger as well. Um, so, but all of these are really trivialities in the scheme of things. And these situations can bring on distressing symptoms, but they're not dangerous. So we have to remember that. So during this time that I joined Recovery International, um, I always say that I didn't know I needed recovery until I learned about recovery. Um, so I started working for them, but my mom was, was just diagnosed with Alzheimer's and pretty kind of late stage. Um, we knew she had dementia, but really had progressed. And now I'm going to go back to that trivial statement because Alzheimer's itself is not obviously a trivial situation, Right. but much of what she did or said that didn't make sense to me worked me up. And those were the trivial situations. Um, I would really kind of get on edge every time I had to go visit her. I got angry quickly in these situations. I was so judgmental. Um, but then I started using these lessons and, and these tools and the method. And I was able to put these little events in perspective and really just been, better manage my relationship with her on a daily basis. Um, I like to say that I think recovery saved my relationship with my mom because at the end, I had that compassion and I, I had that mom-daughter relationship as much as I could hang on to. And it wasn't just about the anger and, and being upset all the time of, of what she was doing. Um, and, and it's hard. It's hard doing caregiving for someone who has dementia, who doesn't, who, you know, who has to ask you the same question over and over again. And she didn't know if she ate that meal or not. And she got her days and nights mixed up, right? So you'd get calls in the middle of the night, but really um, this is a good method for, for realizing that I could drop that judgment against her and control my reaction to the situation. At Tampa Counseling and Wellness, we want to remind you that it's okay to not be okay. Reaching out for support and asking for a little extra help can be overwhelming, but everyone deserves a safe space to heal. We're so honored to be that space for Florida residents. If you want to learn more about our services or you'd like to set up a free consultation with one of our clinicians, you can call or text us at 813-520-2807. We're looking forward to growing with you. I love that method to drop drop the distractions. And I can resonate this very much. My grandmother had very heavy dementia and we lived at the home with her. I was in Florida, but when I would be home, it's I'm always an early bird. So I'm up, I'm by her bedroom in the morning. Then my dad wakes up, takes his shift. My mom does her shift. And it's a full effort all around the clock because she'll start sleepwalking. And then I remember I was teaching, um, I did VIP kids. She, her dementia was getting worse. So I went home for a few months and I still needed to make some money. So I'm up early, four in the morning, teaching 12 hours ahead in Beijing. And uh, at the top of the basement stores, I'm in the basement. My grandma's at the top of the stairs, middle of the night, ready to walk down the stairs. I have to pause this classroom lesson just walking around the house, uh, I can definitely relate with that. And I know how challenging it is. And But the way I look at it, because my grandma was such a big part of my life, I just think of the happy memories because, uh, um, you know, she made it a long way. She made it a lot longer than most people. And that's unfortunately the thing where if you do make it all the way to a certain age, you face these terrible challenges. But it's great to see that this really helped. 
Yeah. So I, I really, you know, obviously the people who join recovery meetings um, tend to come in because they have been diagnosed with some mental health condition. And we don't ask what it is. It doesn't matter. But we have, right. you know, stress, anxiety, nervous conditions, bipolar, depression. You know, it it doesn't matter what people have, but that's, you know, that's kind of right. the audience that we see. But I want to put emphasis on how helpful this is for caregivers of people who live with a mental illness or a physical disability, a learning disability, or any other kind of physical illness. You know, caring for someone takes a toll on the caregiver. And and this can really help you manage your thoughts and impulses and reactions. Well, I appreciate you sharing. Everyone, be sure to stick around to the end of the episode. We're going to share exactly how to find everything she spoke about, including this toolkit. But before then, we're going to talk about something great, something to help everyone. What are some of your favorite things to do to improve your mental health? Now, we know everybody's different. What works for some doesn't work for everyone. So I love my guests to come on here and share what works for them. Well, um, I I don't think of long-term, but everything I do that's kind of short-term, I think ultimately helps long-term. I do have two teenagers of my own and a husband. So when it's warm, I live in Chicago, by the way. So, you know, when we have daylight at night and we, um, and it's pleasant weather, we love to take our family walks at night. I think that's really helpful, not only just because you get outdoors, plus the dog is happy when we take her. Um, You get outdoors, you get that fresh air, But for my kids, it's really a way for them to just kind of start opening up and talking when you're not, you know, you don't sit them down in a formal conversation at that time, right? You're just taking a stroll. And um, I think it's helpful for their mental health as well. I also do yoga. I keep moving, especially with my mom's uh, condition. I want to make sure I keep that blood flowing to the brain um, and I and producing those endorphins. Right. I do practice my recovery tools when I find myself that I do get a little worked up. And remember, I said I have two teenagers, so I use this method at least a couple of times a week because my kids are good kids, but they're still teenagers. So um, my husband has always made me laugh. We find humor in most situations. In fact, one of our recovery tools is uh, humor is our best friend and (laughs) temper is our worst enemy. And I always like the one that says, don't take yourself too seriously. Um, So that's kind of how I manage my own mental health. Um, And having having a job in the mental health realm and having people around who know how important it is to put your mental health first, treat your mental health as a business is is really important. That's not what I've experienced at other jobs. I think now more and more it's not a lot of companies but there are companies that are prioritizing mental health they're realizing that okay this employee may be more productive if they're taking care of themselves and they may provide more value into the company so i love how you touched on that there everyone out there tuning in today i challenge you if you own a company prioritize mental health for your employees it will only help i think it's now a great time to hop into this week's spotlight story We know that our guest here today has expertise on mental health with teens. So we're going to open up an article from healthychildren.org that looks at danger signs. And I hope this can help some people listening on today. The article again is titled Teen Mental Health, How to Know When Your Child Needs Help. It has a lot of great points here. and I'm going to touch on a few before bringing her on. If your teenage child is dealing with anxiety, depression, or any other mental health concern, you are not alone. 
More than a year after the American Academy of Pediatrics joined with other organizations to declare a national emergency in youth mental health, there are still many youth struggling. Let's talk about here pressures teens face. Youth mental health experts have raised concern about the extreme pressures on kids and teens through the pandemic. Yet the lingering effects of school closures and other COVID-related stressors are not the only factors in teen stress. They also deal with some of these. Overwhelming pressure to achieve good grades or gain admission to elite colleges or universities. The need to be superstars in sports, the performing arts or extracurriculars. Tough schedules that don't even allow enough time to rest, relaxation, and unstructured fun. And I like this one right here with the tough schedules kids face because I was watching something on one of my breaks after work the other day on TV, and they were breaking down a student's workload with AP being two hours of homework, this class being an hour of homework, this class being two hours of homework. And they have literally no time, not only for themselves, but to react, to relax, excuse me. They also realize bullying. Persistent fears about global climate, climate change, discrimination, problems related to poverty. But now I want to touch on the big one. How will I know if my teen is struggling? And I'm very excited to bring her back on to get uh, some more expertise on this. But the article lists signs your teen may be having mental health difficulties and to more overt symptoms like mood swings, irritability, anger, and tearfulness are notable changes in sleep, weight, eating habits, everyday patterns. Loss of interest in the things they usually love. Quitting activities they usually enjoy. Withdrawing from friends, family, and community. Canceling plans. Academic struggles. Running thoughts or worries. Maybe even a whole new set of friends or refusing to talk. There's a lot there. There's a lot of warning signs. And right now we're looking at the most common mental health conditions being ADD, Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, nearly affects 10% of all kids 3 to 17. So that's 1 in 10. Nearly 9.5 experience anxiety. Again, almost 1 in 10. 4.5 living with depression. 4 in 10. This is hard. These are huge numbers that our kids are struggling with. And of course, there's drinking, there's drugs that play a role, there's social media that plays a role, Angela. What are some of your biggest takeaways from this? What else do you have to offer for our audience? Well, you know, again, those two teenagers went through um, the shutdown in 2020, 2021, and and did um, school at home like much of the rest of the country. Um, I saw a difference in in my kids. I saw their mental health starting to suffer as well. Uh, That's actually when I took the youth mental health first aid program. I started to become fearful that um, something would happen and uh, thought, I better know what those signs are. And and they're obviously the ones you listed. I'll have a little bit more to add to that. Please, but yeah. Um, yeah, you know, we saw it happen. And and I, I was fortunate with my kids is when thing kind of at least went back to normal, however we want to define normal, <laughs> um, that that things that that helped them right they they got back into a a lifestyle that was appropriate for their age um so yeah i'm gonna break this down pretty simple you know first and foremost if you feel that something is different and you know you're struggling just don't suffer alone first of all you're not alone and there are no hopeless cases um so if something is interfering with your ability to live laugh love or learn seek help. 
So that's my main piece of advice. And certainly if you feel like harming yourself or others, seek help right away. And, you know, the good news now is that there is so much help out there and there's so much awareness now on mental health than Mm -hmm. ever before because of the pandemic that you can go to virtually anyone, you know, start with your doctor or your school counselors or a trusted adult, online resources, self-help books, uh, the Power Your Mind program I'm going to talk a little bit more about today is a self-help program um, and a workbook that anyone can purchase on Amazon. I love that workbook. And where is my workbook? I don't have it in front <laughs> of me, but we we um, we did a book exchange. We For a little background for everyone, we connected, I want to say, probably right before the pandemic, I feel like. And then it, it was the around pandem- then, yeah. And then the pandemic happened. We had planned on doing a great collaboration together that's still in the works so stay tuned but when covid came everybody kind of got thrown around we weren't ignoring each other we were trying to stay alive <laughs> but now it was important for me to get her back on the show to reconnect as she they, she has such a large passion to help children and their mental health as do i i think down the road we're going to have some great work done together from chicago all the way to tampa but before that let's now ask for some advice If someone's struggling today, if they're going through a really tough time, what is something you can offer them? Yeah, um, you know, again, start start with seeking help. You know, just even if you're talking to a friend and maybe that friend then says something to their own parent who then can kind of bring that full circle. But don't just suffer alone. Um, So many people want to help now, you know, and and it's it's a there's online resources again, poweryourmind.org, and I'm sure even you know other websites link to resources that might be more appealing to youth. Mm. Um, and we have some of those on our website as well. So yeah, just just don't suffer alone. I guess that's my biggest takeaway here. Do not suffer alone, everyone. Even the beginning of me, I didn't really want to share my story. Maybe not embarrassed is the word. I just wasn't ready, and then I realized the power of my story that. It helped more than just me. People were really walking away with things. Speak at graduation. Now, fast forward, it ended up turning into a career. I love helping, giving back. And now we're recording this. The show will probably be live right when I'm there. I'm going to Tallahassee next week, State Capitol, to advocate for mental health, advocate for causes that are dear to me. And I am looking forward to getting some more info, some more value here from Angela before we get where we can find her online. We heard a lot about Power Your Mind. I just want to circle back to that. We talked about some workbooks, some courses you have, anything else that you want to inform our audience with. Yeah, well, I want to tell people, so Power Your Mind is an introduction of the recovery method, and this method has been around for 85 years. So this is focused on teens and young adults, and we did this in a graphic novel-style book. So they're short comic panels of six characters, and we highlight them through their stories in the book. Um, And we do that because we want to teach some of the concepts of the recovery method. So these teens in the stories are dealing with things like relationship issues and self-esteem and anger. common, right? Common average situations to to teens and even to even to adults. Um, And what I like is that this is really about teaching life coping skills. You don't have to have a mental health diagnosis to use this program. These skills will help you the rest of your life, no matter what you do. We do have a lot of adults in um, who go to our recovery meetings that say, you know, if only I knew this when I was younger, this may have helped me stay out of the hospital. This may have no. helped me deal with my depression, right? So we're going to we're gonna give you those life lessons now. 
Um, and we focus on the little things because, you know, those big issues in life, like illness and death, divorce and fire and natural disasters and accidents, they just don't happen very often. All the little things, this is like, you know, 90% of our lives is just mm-hmm. made up with the little things. Yep. So just by learning to deal with those small things, we can start to build some resilience. And when those bigger things in life do happen, or if they happen, you'll have some tools already to deal with it. Like your mind will be trained already to kind of put things in perspective and say, okay, how do I deal with my reactions? Um, So we have a couple lessons and I'd love to take you through them. If we have time, Vince, do we have some time for that? Okay. So one thing that we learn first is that we identify our temper. So Vince, when you think of temper, just the word temper, is there something that comes to mind like emotionally, physically, or or physical changes even that come to mind with temper? Maybe flustered, angry. Okay. Most of us think of temper as anger or disgust or hatred. Whatever it is, it's usually directed to someone else. You did something wrong to me and it's your fault. That's, that's that outward expression of anger. Um, however, there are times when we judge ourselves for being wrong yep. and maybe we feel like what we did just damaged our own reputation. We call that fearful temper. So we might be embarrassed that we said something hurtful to another person. We could feel inadequate for the task that we're assigned or, um, you know, we can't, we can't do math. So we're not a good person. We, you know, why, why try, why keep going? Um, those are all related to yourself and, and what you're feeling yourself and your damage to your own reputation. So we call that fearful temper. So that's one lesson we cover. Another important one I'm going to leave you with today is this concept of what's in our control and what's outside of our control. Right. We refer to this as internal and external environment. And I'm going to have you indulge me and and listeners can do this. This is easy. Just go ahead and stretch your arm out in front of you. Wiggle your fingers to the tips. If you, you know, if you really want to have fun, just you're in a swivel chair, turn around in a circle or, or, (laughs) or stand up and turn around this to the ends of your fingertips is what we can control. And that's it. So Vince, with that, are there some things that you could say, (laughs) yeah, this is what I'm in control of. In control of what I can control upstairs, everything. There's a lot of external factors in life, and I'm with you. It is easier said than done to not let other things affect you. We are human. We want things to work out, but um, unfortunately, life doesn't always <laughs> work that way. Yeah, you're we gotta give ourselves. Right. We gotta give ourselves a break. I've learned sometimes. Yeah, you know, I can control what I choose to eat and where I control yeah. my thoughts, my impulses, behaviors, the attitude I take to a situation. We focus there. Of course, there's all that other external stuff um, outside of the reach of your fingertips. And Vince, you named a bunch of those, but you know, I can't control yesterday the lady who cut in front of me driving. I can't control what my friends right. think or say or act or 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 do. I can't control what um I can't control the weather. Hello, I live in Chicago. We can't, <laughs> right? None of us can. So we learn in this program that we're going to focus on the things that we can control, which is ourselves. And we can change those thoughts and we can change those impulses. Um, So along the way of this program, we learn a lot of tools or spots. And basically what those are are phrases that help us replace that judgmental thought or negative thought we're having with something else, something more secure. 
So in this workbook, you'll learn 120 tools. Um, some quickly become your favorites and you use them over and over again. And what I find, they just kind of pop into my head when I don't even ask for them. Uh, I just find a situation that I'm in and all of a sudden there's this people do things that annoy us, not necessarily to annoy us. One of my favorite tools. It yeah. just pops in my head. Um, you know, you're waiting in line at that post office, you said, right? So yes, that person to you might be annoying. What they're doing is probably not trying to annoy you on purpose, right? So that's a, that's a good tool. That tool got my daughter through middle school, by the way. She repeated that over and over again. <laughs> I think it's a good tool for even adults because <laughs> when I think, and it's sad to say, and it pains me to say, I think we live in, in some ways, a selfish society. And I see it more and more every day, uh, little acts of kindness that are no longer there. So that is great advice. Everyone, walk away with that advice. Take it with you. Take this whole episode. Angela, thank you so much for coming on the show. Please remind our audience where they can not only find more about everything you spoke about, Power Your Mind, RI, but also to say hello to you. Well, you can, if anyone has um, questions, if you're interested in this program, even if there's adults listening who run a faith-based group, a school group, a counselor, you want to bring this into your, um, into your program, Angela at recoveryinternational.org is where you can email me. Uh, poweryourmind.org is our website. So yeah, please connect with me in some way. Um, because it's it's so important right now. Let's let's get kids um, and adults, frankly, the help that they need. I love it. Everyone, be sure to head to the website now. And I am at Vincent A. Lancy. The show is at a mental health break. Hashtag a mental health break. I hope you stay tuned for my latest mental health book, Going to School, real, real soon. Just haven't finalized the plan with releasing it yet. But until then, thank you again, Angela, and we will see you next week on a mental health break. See, I almost said next Tuesday. It's always <laughs> been Tuesdays, but now the show has officially moved over to Saturdays. Thank you, Angela. Great. Thanks, Vince. Thanks for giving me this important opportunity today. Of course, anytime.